tree was all the same I was under the sky, no new horizons Maybe there is no one else to Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Campbell's Footballs podcast, the Scottish Premiership 21-22 preview of the season. Uh, we're joined uh, for this episode by uh, a fan of the uh, north of Scottish football, but particularly uh, Aberdeen Football Club. He writes for The Times in Scotland, uh, can often be found on the Neil on Sunday as well. It is the one and only Benji Palmer. Ben, a warm welcome to the show. All right, Grant. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on, mate. Uh, first of all, uh, what have you made of the last few months for Aberdeen? Because it's been a bit of a sketchy last period of time, hasn't it? Uh, um, it's been a weird few months because we've, we've never really been paying attention to much domestic things. We've, we've been keeping our eyes on what's happening with Scotland and, and I mean, the national sort of sports agenda and newspapers has been geared towards Scotland. I mean, all of a sudden, over the last week or two, we very quickly came into pre-season, the League Cup, and then you look at it, you've got, oh God, in seven days, Aberdeen kick-off, and, and they're and playing in Europe, I guess, a team in Sweden in seven days' time, and it's, it's just came upon you out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so, but the good thing that seems to be for Aberdeen is that they got a lot of business done early in the transfer window. I know a lot of sports were maybe a bit disgruntled with the, the chasing of Clark Robertson and how that seemed to be a bit prolonged, but when you look at the overall sort of business dealings that's been done, a lot of players left the club early in the window, and I think there was five or six signings made pretty early in the window as well. So it's given them that chance going into pre-season training just to get to know each other. The players are familiar with one another now, and they've been around one another for a, for a pretty substantial period of time going into this first game. On the flip side of things, I mean, I think one of the pre-season games against Cove was postponed. Um, and the media have had no real access to games of that, so we don't know how they're looking. I mean, I, I don't read much in the pre-season games anyway, but mm. you usually get an idea of how a team will even shape up. But we go into this Aberdeen game next week against Harkin, not really knowing... What they're going to look like when they line up is it going to be three to back, four to back, two in midfield, four in midfield? Is it going to be Jet and Ramirez up top, just one of them? We're not really sure. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're kind of going into this game in the unknown. It makes it a fascinating uh, proposition. Let's have a discussion about last season before we move on to, to current affairs this season. Obviously, Aberdeen lost Eddie McInnes halfway through last season. Stephen Glass has obviously come in. This will be his first real kind of crack at a full season. Do you think the end of last season was a case of what uh, Aberdeen fans can maybe expect to see with Stephen Glass? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it was certainly, there was certainly an attempt there to, to be a bit more forward-looking, a bit more dynamic, a bit more attractive on the eye. Um, but I think that, I mean, that was really just papering over cracks until the end of the season. I mean, it wasn't his players, it wasn't his squad. Uh, but we're certainly intending, whereas this summer you very, very quickly realised that he's gotten players that he wanted. I mean, who, who would have thought you would have seen Scott Brown on Aberdeen top? Stephen Glass clearly wanted him. He's got him here. He, he's put his own his own imprint on things. He's signed a big striker in J. Emmanuel Thomas. He's signed a striker from America. You, I mean, you would never think of Aberdeen signing a striker from mm. Houston Dynamo. Um, the signings of, the sign of uh, Teddy Jenks, sorry, it's probably a bit more of an Aberdeen-type signing, but mm. clearly another player that Glass fancied. 
Whereas, and again, the Jack Garsh signing, like Ramirez and like Jet, is, is quite an unusual signing for Aberdeen. So these are all quite interesting, interesting things going into it. Looking back at last season, I think Glass will be moderately happy with what he did in those games. I mean, mm. he, I think if he came in and, and won the Scottish Cup, I mean, that would have been absolutely fantastic. He would have put him on, on to hide into nothing this year. But he came in, he, he reasonably steadied the ship. And importantly, I don't think he annoyed anybody <laughs> in the final few weeks of the season. Like, it wasn't as if he did any damage, if you know what I mean. Yes. It, it was all reasonably, reasonably above board. In terms of some of the new signings, obviously you mentioned Scott Brown, G. Emmanuel Thomas, uh, Ramirez as well. Do you think it's important for these guys to, to get up to speed very quickly and, and put a marker down in this Aberdeen squad? Aye, aye. Um, and I mean, none of them are getting any younger. I mean, there's a lot of experience came in there. Um, I mean, the likes of Brown, I mean, Aberdeen have been crying out for a midfielder like Brown, probably since Shinny left, just that anchor in midfield. And I know Aberdeen fans might not like this, but maybe since Ryan Jack left as well. Now, it's it's handy to have players like that, players who have been around the block, players who know what it takes. I mean, it's such a experience is such a, an abstract kind of concept, but it, it clearly counts for something in football. We've seen that time and time again. Um, Emmanuel Thomas, I mean, he didn't have a fantastic season for Livingston last year, but he scored a couple against Aberdeen. And, well, when he spoke to the press a few weeks ago, I mean, um, you could barely hide how confident he was saying that he's going to score at least 20 goals or whatever this year. Now, obviously, as, as journalists, you, you're a little bit sceptical of things like this. It's like, come on now. But fair play to guy. I mean, he, he's setting himself a big target out there. And I think Aberdeen, with the way that the supporters want the team to play, they want a more attacking brand this year. I think it's good to have that sort of bullishness radiating out the squad. One of the big signings for me was Declan Gallagher, the, the Motherwell captain, obviously joining as well. How important is he going to be defensively for the Dons? I, I think Declan would be disappointed that he didn't play for Scotland at the Euros. And I think he comes to Aberdeen now, which probably people probably didn't expect with something of a point to prove again. He's, he's, he was a regular for Scotland for a, a little while under Steve Clark, A hero that night in Serbia. Um, one of the well, a night that will go down in legend, Scottish legend. Whereas now he's come out of the Euros, um, having not played at all for Scotland at the Euros, kind of needing to, to build up that international profile again. Because I mean, the Scotland fixtures come around again in September mm-hmm. um, with the, the not so straightforward task of, of facing Denmark. But he'll, he'll be desperate, absolutely desperate to, to get back into that squad. So mm-hmm. that'll be a target for him. The other thing is, is that he's proven a capable defender in, for Livingston and for Motherwell. He's done well at both these clubs. He was captain of Motherwell. I think maybe his performances were affected a little bit by wearing the armband at Motherwell. But he's a very solid Scottish Premiership centre-half. And I mean, the experience like that and, and a pedigree like that is um, very, very... Uh, makes him a worthwhile signing for Stephen Glass. I think one of the key questions that a lot of Aberdeen fans and connections alike will be interested to know is who will get the captain's armband this season? Because obviously Joe Lewis was captain last season. Do you think Stephen Glass will change that? And if so, who's your gut feeling they'll get it? I, I mean, but like I said as well, when, when it comes to pre-season games in terms of getting an idea for shape, you see who wears the captain's armband. You'd be able to tell if it was Joe Lewis or whoever had it on. And so, I mean... <laughs> You, you would suspect that it would probably be Scott Brown if, if 
Stephen Glass is making such a deal of how often he thinks Brown is going to play, and, and he, he was making a deal of we're signing the Celtic captain kind of thing. That that to me would indicate that it will probably be Scott Brown. Now that makes a probably a difficult conversation with Joe Lewis, and that he has to take it away from him. Um, so I mean, I don't know how that goes, but I mean, we're speculating here. We don't actually know who it'll be yes. until the team lines come in next Thursday. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, I think what could have been an option was maybe give it to someone younger. Maybe a Lewis Bergson's a some somebody to try and convince him to stay. But I mean, I don't I don't know if that's something that Glass would do. Another option of, is of course Gallagher. Gallagher's done it in Motherwell, but I, I really don't see him being captain of Aberdeen next year. And, of course, you could give it to a senior member of the squad, someone like Andrew Constein, who's still playing but outfield, unlike Joe Lewis's in goals. And mm. So, I mean, it's a, certainly it's a fascinating dilemma that Glass has there. Um, I would suspect it would be Scott Brown, mm-hmm. but I, I don't have any real insight into to anything to say that that will be the case. How important is it that Stephen Glass gets that decision right, first and foremost? Aye, it's a massive decision. It's, he's a person who ultimately represents your, your club. Um, I mean, Denny McInnes, I mean, making Graham Shinney captain is, is one of the best decisions he did during his tenure as Aberdeen manager. Shinney embodied everything that Aberdeen fans wanted from their team. He was hungry, tenacious, a winner, gave his all every single time he, he went out for the club. You get that from Scott Brown, I think. I, I, I don't think there's any question about this. A guy who, who wore that armband for Celtic for so long won so many trophies wearing it. I mean, he's not going to shirk the challenge of being captain of Aberdeen. Um, I don't think Joe Lewis has done anything whatsoever to deserve it being taken away from him. I mm-hmm. think he's been a good Aberdeen captain. He's a fantastic ambassador for Aberdeen Football Club as well. Clearly loves the area, um, loves the club. Is, is really settled up here. And I think, he, like I said, just a great ambassador for Aberdeen. But also, I can see the need for the armband to go to someone in the middle of the park in the heat of the battle because it, it, it does make a, a slight difference I would say You mentioned earlier on that Aberdeen have got a Europa Conference League uh, match to look forward to a build up uh, to qualification against Hecken or Haken of uh, of Sweden you can listen to my discussion with Glenn Schroeder for Red to the Glasses with uh, David Priest that goes out as we record this on the 16th of July so you can check that out how do you see this game going, Ben? I see this as a bit of a 50-50 match. Yeah, yeah. I really hate these um, early season games in terms of making predictions on them because, I mean, I know Harkin are near the bottom of the Swedish league and we haven't had the greatest of season so far, but we're still well into our season. Mm-hmm. We'll, be, we'll be up to more match sharpness. I mean, you've seen this over the years with Aberdeen. Uh, the one that stands out in my mind in particular is uh, Chikura Sashkir. Now, the first leg was away from home over there. And these boys, I thought, oh, this is dodgy for Aberdeen. It was a really tough night in Tbilisi. Hot and warm and sticky. And you thought, oh, this is going to be a tough second leg for Aberdeen if, if these guys show up anything like they have here. And sure enough, they come over for the second leg and it's just a complete walkover from Aberdeen. And the team, team looks like a Highland League team compared to what we did the week before. Um. The first 90 minutes, I think these first 90 competitive minutes will be crucial to get through the tie. You can get through that and give yourself a lead going into that second game, even a slender lead to take over Sweden. I think that's good. But don't, don't go and throw it away the first leg, is, is, is I suppose the gist of it. 
Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. And if, if Stephen Glass is saying we to get off to a good start, it would certainly help him, but also the team, uh, as you've mentioned as well. Let's have a look at Aberdeen's first five fixtures in the Scottish Premiership because they kick off on the 1st of August. And what a crack again to kick off, Benji, against Dundee United, a new firm derby at Petodre. Don't get any bigger than that, does it? I know, I know. And that is, uh, I know this is an Aberdeen preview, but it's an absolutely fascinating game in terms of two young managers or two rookie managers, if you will, going up against one another. Um, I was at uh, Dundee United v Kelty last week. Um, I mean, Kelty gave her, gave her all, but eventually United had enough to get through. Uh, United took care of Elgin City. I mean, they're playing competitive games. They're in the swing of things already. Um, seem to be going well, but I mean, I think they'll probably lose players as well going into the new season. That's going to be a, a very, very interesting game. I mean, I, off the top of my head, I don't think Aberdeen beat Dundee United last season. No, they didn't. Which is, when you look at it, absolutely incredible. Because, I mean, you would make Aberdeen favourites beat them nine times out of ten. And, of course, the last um, time Dundee United beat Aberdeen was in the Cup, uh, Scottish Cup, well, but they beat 3-0 at Petorio. It's just was a way to say. I mean, that was one of the biggest disappointments, I think, of the season last year. It was just the way Aberdeen capitulated that day. I mean, they, they looked tired compared to Dundee United, but... Dundee United, Mickey Mellon was able to rest a lot of his, his first-team players and it really uh, paid fruition that day because they tore Aberdeen apart. Um, I think for Glass it'll be important to get off to a win that day. Um, hopefully some a decent crowd inside Petodre again, maybe mm-hmm. five 6,000. Uh, that would be good to see it and, and just get a positive start of the season. But like, like I said, it's a big game. It's a big game for both managers that day. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then following that match against Dundee United, Aberdeen are away to Livingston, away to Hearts at Tynecastle. Obviously, Hearts will have momentum after coming up from the Championship. Ross County, Matodre, yeah. and then Motherwell uh, away from home. It's not the hardest of starts on paper, but it, it, there's no easy games on paper, is there? No, there's no easy games in the Premiership. We found that over, found that out well over the last uh, few years. But what I think is important for Aberdeen is that we don't meet either half of the old firm until October 2, when we beat Celtic. So yeah. that gives you a decent stretch of games against clubs who you would be expected to take points off of, to pick wins up off of. So if you go into that first Celtic game with a reasonably decent return tally, you go into that with a bit of hope and a bit of, oh, we can maybe turn them over here. Now, of course, that depends on how Celtic are going as well. Yes. But build up that momentum. It gives them a chance to build up. The start of the season gives Aberdeen a chance to build up some momentum against teams that would be expected to beat, is what is what basically the gist of it is. There are tough games in there, but they're all games you would expect Aberdeen to win. How important for Aberdeen this season is a good cup run? Because it's not been since 1990, yet another year, that Aberdeen have not won the Scottish Cup. You know, they haven't won the League Cup since 2014. How important is it for Stephen Glass to have a good run as Aberdeen Manchester in the cup competitions? Yeah. I mean, I know Aberdeen fans we always want to say that we need to go and win the league. We can push Rangers and Celtic to go and win the league. But ultimately, it does really come down. The, the best chance of winning a trophy is either the League Cup or the Scottish Cup. I agree. And, and, and a lot of the season is, is geared towards that. I mean, you, the league's important in that you want to keep tabs on the Rangers and Celtic until the latter stages of the season you need to do well in the league to secure European football for the next year but ultimately your best chance of silverware is going to come down to the League Cup 
in the Scottish Cup. Now, I can't quite remember if the League Cup final is early this year, like it has been in previous years, or if it's back. I'd imagine it probably is again in a November, December type final. But that gives you such a launch pad. If Stephen Glass can go in and have a decent run in the Cup, it can transfer into a league form as well. And I, I, he'll, he'll be aware of that. And a, a decent League Cup run would be a great way to really kickstart the season before the Scottish Cup becomes a, a factor in the, in the second half of the campaign. Aberdeen finished fourth last season behind Hibs. Do you see that as really those two best place for third spot again this season? Or do you see others getting in the mix? Uh, I thought Hearts looked okay when we played Peterhead at the weekend. I thought we looked okay. I, I don't think we'll have enough to challenge for third or fourth. I'd imagine it will be between Aberdeen and Hibernian for third, to be quite frank. Um if St. Johnston can keep a hold of a couple of their players, they can maybe do it. Just mm. because, it, I mean, their form actually from Christmas, it wasn't just sensational at Cups. I mean, they had very good league form. I mean, they ended up yes. finishing fifth, I think. That's yeah, right. Incredible way they turned around. But uh, you would say on paper that it has to come down to between Aberdeen and Hibernian. Now, neither club have finished their, their summer transfer deal on Jets. So we don't quite know who has the strongest squad on paper, if you will. Well, you, you would have said last year that Aberdeen should have beaten Hibs to third. Because I don't, I don't think it was a great Hibs team that finished third last year. It wasn't like we blew Aberdeen away. It was just that Aberdeen kept stumbling and Hibs stumbled a little less. It, was, it wasn't a great race. I don't even like using the word race for third last year. It, it was a sort of battle, if you will, for third. So I, th- I think third this year would be a great result for Stephen Glass in his first season in charge. I think one of the big things this season, Benji, is the fact that fans are going to be allowed back at the stadium across Scotland. How important is that for Scottish football as a whole, but particularly for Aberdeen fans? Aye, aye. <laughs> it's quite funny. You, you see Aberdeen um, campaigning for years to get this stadium out in Kingsford, and then they, they pull on the heartstrings with this emotional video of Pataudre in the sunset saying, oh, aye, there's nothing quite like him. But it's so <laughs> nice little bit of irony there. <laughs> Aye, Ken. So no, uh, I mean fans are desperate to get into Petodrie. We, we, we appear to have put a bit of effort into just doing a bit of maintenance and tidying the place up around while fans have been away, such as painting down the Merkwand end and what have you. But I mean, I think clubs just need the money. Not not so much the money, but um, another year of not hemorrhaging. Money, if you know what mm. I mean, they actually need the fans coming in, using up the season tickets. We, we can't sort of put it off for another year. I think they've just about been able to survive this year with, with loans and insurance money and, and, and just general savings enough to get through this first year. Another year of that would be complete disaster. And I mean, I think it's why Aberdeen are, are quite rightly pushing as well to try and get fans in over the, mm. the hacking game next week in particular. It's not going to be a massive crowd, but you would imagine. Last time I was at Petodrum, our fans would have been 300 at the Kilmarnock game last mm. year in the test event. And it was nice, but I mean, there was no atmosphere. It was, it was all very pleasant. Um, whereas last week I was at Wembley with 60,000. And I mean, it, it felt like a, going back five years or something. So you would, you would see this week, uh, potentially next week, sorry, uh, 6,000 fans at Petodrum. It would make a huge difference, I think. Just to have them in there again, and a European night as well, because those early season European nights where there was a bit of pre season optimism again and a good buzz about the place, they're great nights at Petodre. 
We talked about some of the new signings that have come into Aberdeen, but there's obviously some of the current squad that are still there. Who's going to be very key for Aberdeen this season out with some of the new signings? As in the players who were are originally there. Well, if we can keep hold of Lewis Ferguson, he'll be massive. Do you think he'll uh, stay? It depends if Watford come in or not. The the balls in Watford's court, I think Aberdeen would be open to selling if, if the bid was right. But I don't think Watford have have made a sort of an appropriate bid for him yet. And the fact that it's a Premier League club as well sort of complicates it in that it's not as if it's a lower-end championship club like we've seen maybe players come in for Aberdeen, come in for Aberdeen players in the past, sorry. But that's that English top flight we're talking about here and you, you've got to consider as well that that is the player's ambition. I mean, you, you don't want an unhappy player in your books. Um, Glass, Stephen Glass has said that Ferguson's training well, he, he doesn't look unhappy, he's, his tests and whatever are still through the roof, he's still one of the best performers in that regard. And I think Ferguson's too professional to really let it affect him, but um, it'll be interesting, I think there was a report in The Athletic today that Watford are still interested, well, it never gone away. Um, they, they, there was Adam Leventhal that did that, wasn't it? I'm not That's sure. Was, he does um, all for stuff. Yeah, I, well, I mean, the interest had never really gone away. It was just a case of when are we going to start probing again? And you you would imagine as the, as the Premier League season approaches as well that and as Aberdeen return to competitive action, that the likes of Ferguson are going to come under the microscope again. In terms of players who will be important this year, I think it will be your wingers. I think you need to look at your wingers in the service. They all get to Ramirez and Jet, because there's going to be a lot of focus on them this year, Yes. after the lack of goals Aberdeen scored, I mean Aberdeen really, really we all know about the goals that Aberdeen had in front of goal last year, this season I think it's about getting the service in and if the wingers start the season well, if the wingers are getting the balls in early to or the, not balls in early so much, but decent deliveries into the strikers I think that can make a world of difference for Aberdeen this year, because there aren't too many problems with the defence and Mm-hmm. on the face of it you wouldn't think but you would think in the forward areas just because there's going to be so much focus on them this year after last season it's going to there's going to be a lot of eyes looking on them Well you mentioned there about Aberdeen's goal scoring problems they only scored 32 league goals last season in the 33 games before the split uh, and then they, they conceded 31 um, for the split obviously so that was something that was always a, a key area but there was one player for me that stood out last season and that was Ryan Hedges and was he going to be mm-hmm. again? Aye, yeah, I mean, he'll be massive for Aberdeen this season. You told that his injury woes are now behind him. He was desperately unfortunate um, with what happened to him last year and just being ruled out. Um, I mean, but you look at he, he him, Marley Watkins, and again, Aberdeen, I don't like saying this, Scott Wright were the best three best players Aberdeen had last year. Mm. And all three were basically left the club at, at some point during the season. Wright went to Ibrox. Watkins was cropped and went back to Bristol City and Hedges was ruled out for half the campaign. It was, it was a dreadful, dreadful sort of slice of luck Aberdeen had in that regard. And of course, there were other mitigating factors in, in the parts of Derek McInnes. But those three sort of leaving or, or not being available were, were a real hammer blow to Aberdeen's hopes last year. I should have mentioned there that Aberdeen scored 36 goals in 38 games last season and they did concede 38 how important is it that Aberdeen fans stick with Stephen Glass this season, even if they don't get off to a good start? Yeah, I think uh, the fans have taken to Glass because he's an ex-player, 
having that sort of credit in the bank helps them mm. a fair bit. But that that'll only count for so long if um if results aren't going well. And, I mean, he'll know that. He'll know the demands of a club like Aberdeen. That that is also the benefit I play for the club, is it? He knows what the supporters want, he knows the demands and he knows the expectations. Um, it's going to be <coughs> strange for players and managers um, this year and fans are returning. I mean, we've, we've become so accustomed to playing in empty grounds and then all of a sudden we're going to be coming back to the folk harassing them basically for 90 minutes while we're trying to do our job. So that, that's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how, how all this sort of mixes together because, I, I mean, I don't know if, if maybe players have have softened to what we would have heard from the stands in the past, or but I would, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here, but uh, that'll, that'll just be interesting to see. And last question to you, Benji What would constitute a good season for Aberdeen, in your professional opinion? Oh, I mean, if we're totally strictly about the league, it would be third place for Aberdeen. I think Aberdeen, third place absolutely has to be the goal this year. Um, that would be a good season. A good season would be third a final and a semi-final. I think, or two semi-finals. I think that's pretty much par for the course, if we're being honest. A great season for Aberdeen or a great start to the season would potentially be reaching the group stages of the Europa Conference League. Now, it hasn't got the prestige of the Europa League, but you look at some of the teams involved, there's still big teams and there are some cracking away days as well. Mm. Now, when you consider that travels may be loosening up a little bit, the restrictions and that, and folk can maybe go to different places, be great to get into this first ever uh, Europa Conference League, see a few new different cities, just build a bit of a buzz around Aberdeen again. Because I mean, there's, it's great having your domestic games punctuated by these European games and and far off sort of lands across Europe. It's, that's great fun. Um, but no, a good season would be third place in a couple of semi-finals. A great season would be break, breaking into top two in a cup win, but. A cup, a cup win in its own would be enough to elevate it to a great season for Aberdeen. And obviously, yourself, you'll be around a, a range of games across Scotland throughout the season, but you'll be quite a lot of Aberdeen games this season, I would take it. Aye, aye. Uh, well, given that, I, given that I live how far? Two, two miles maybe for Petodre, aye. It's, it's, on, it's on my doorstep, so I suppose I better <laughs> go along once or twice. So if we know there's a goal, then you'll be straight over there. <laughs> Fantastic. Benji Palmer, a writer for the Times in Scotland, often found the Sunday Times and Mail on Sunday too. You can find Benji on Twitter at Benji Palmer uh, and check out his fantastic content and really great uh, articles uh, at the various positions I've just mentioned there. Benji, thanks for coming on to talk about Aberdeen with me and all the very best for the new season for yourself. Cheers, Grant. Appreciate it. Thanks very much to Benji Palmer in part one who gave us a really good uh, discussion on Aberdeen and their thoughts heading into uh, the 21-22 season. We're now continuing our northern half of uh, the show uh, for this part of the Campbell's Football Scottish Football preview of the season. But I'm joined by the SLO of Ross County Football Club, Kenny McLennan. Kenny, warm welcome to you. Nice to meet you. Thanks very much for uh, having me on. It's uh, great to speak with you. Uh, how have things been for Ross County heading into the new season? Because things haven't got off to a particularly great start COVID-wise. 
Uh, no, uh, we managed to go 15 months without having anything and then um, effectively almost had everybody but three players, I think, um, affected. So, um, yeah, not good. But, it, it, you know, it's very hard to try and track where, the, where, where it originated, uh, what I've been told by the club anyway. Um, but it, it's just going to be one of those things, I think, that will probably impact more than just ourselves. I think it's this new variant, I think, is particularly uh, easy to catch. So, mm-hmm. uh, fingers crossed, um, you know, that, that's us getting out of the other side of it now with the game against Brora tonight. So Yeah. How frustrated are you that you've not been able to see Ross County have a bit of a go in the League Cup? Because that would have been an opportunity not just for your players to get up to speed, but maybe get out your group and progress a wee bit in the competition. Yeah, definitely. I, I think everybody in the club's really frustrated with the whole situation, but it, it's just one of those things, I suppose, with what we're up against these days. Um you know, I saw the game at Elgin and um, I was relatively pleased with what I saw there. You know, some of the young guys, local guys getting on, getting a shot as well. So I'm hopeful that under Mackay, the young boys will get a chance. You know, so certainly Matthew Wright is one that, um, you know, looks looks the business and, and did last season as well. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. Malky yeah. McKay has come into the club. Uh, obviously, John Hughes left his post at the end of last season. Was that a surprise yeah. that he left the club, John Hughes, and obviously Malky coming in? Um, well, obviously, yes. Um, we, we, we obviously a lot of the supporters didn't see it coming. We thought that you know he, uh, uh, John had done what he was asked to do, but I believe from from what I've heard is that there was just just a difference of view with regards to how things would go forward between himself and um, the chairman. So I think they just agreed that, that, that they would just they would just leave it at that, you know. <clears throat> um, didn't see the, the Malky Mackay one coming at all, but I mean, with all reports, the, the club's done its due diligence and they really want a new change of direction um, because they feel that the last few seasons we've just been floundering around the bottom of the table, fighting off relegation, not really sort of making much progress on that front. So I think they're looking to reduce the average age of the team and effectively wanted somebody in that could look at every every aspect of the footballing operation from top to bottom. And I think looking at uh, uh, Malky's pedigree and um, where he's been working, where he's, you know, he's been working with a lot of the youth in that Scotland, he's also been looking you know, his backroom staff as well and even having Don Cowie as his assistant manager I just, I just think it's quite exciting um, hopefully um, it's a bold move and um, you know it's, it's got to hit the ground running he hasn't had the, the best of starts with COVID but um, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that the guy you know, I really hope it does work out you know, there's been, there's been uh, quite a bit of feedback from, from the supporters and stuff and you know, I think I think most people now are just saying, look, let's just let the guy do his talking on the park. Let's just see where he can take the club. And fingers crossed it works. It's my football club at the end of the day, and I want it to do well. So it's been a very interesting season last time out for, for Ross County because they were hovering uh, in a relegation dogfight for much of it, but a, a tremendous uh, run of form uh, during the split to, to get them out of trouble, Kenny. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and and I think um, you know a lot of credit has to go to to John there. Um, 
I mean, I mean, I was a big Stuart Kettlewell fan, you know, a massive fan of Stuart over the years that what he did for the club and, and as a player as well. So part of me is sort of thinking, well, you know, would we have been much different under Stuart if we'd got to that point? I don't know. It's hard. It's, hindsight's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can never tell, but obviously in Yogi's experience, obviously maybe um, shown through there. I don't know, but um, certainly can't can't knock the guy for what he did, and they managed to rally the troops. So yeah, ten points out the last uh, fifteen available in the split, including uh, uh, winning the last three uh, away at Dundee United and Motherwell, and obviously winning that big game against Hamilton in between. Yeah, absolutely, and some good goals there as well. So you know the. The lads turned it turned it on really. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there was some some interesting highlights along Ross County season. I mean, uh, John Hughes obviously coming in, uh, winning Easter Road. Uh, they obviously thumped Aberdeen as well in Dingwall. Uh, they beat Celtic twice in the cup and also in Dingwall as well. So there was some good moments for Ross County last season. Oh, absolutely, and you know that that's the one thing that, that well, one of the things I love about being a, a Ross County fan is that you go into games pretty much not expecting to get too much but then when it does happen it's a great feeling you know mm-hmm. um, and I'm hopeful that with the, the, the level of signings and stuff that we're taking in this season and the quality that they're looking at and the, the guys have managed to to capture so far which has always been a struggle for us yeah um, uh, is uh, is looking good, and I'm really hopeful that um, we'll give a few teams a bit of a, a bit of a match. I'm sure a lot of people will be as eye opened as I was when I saw this when uh, both Ian Vigels and Michael Gardine left the club in the summer. What was your reaction to that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, big big Midge fan, um, and and you know, I've known Ian as well, so it's yeah, it's it, it's it's a difficult one when that sort of thing happens, you know. Um, you, you don't. I mean, I don't. I don't get. I don't know anything about the football side of it with regards to what happens and behind the doors with the chairman and everybody else. But you know, obviously, they'd spoken to John Hughes. They'd spoken to obviously who was coming in, and obviously decided that that you know the, 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 they wanted to reduce the average age of the players, and maybe they felt that those guys were just yeah. the wrong side of thirty. You know, yeah. um, so um, it's a, it's a difficult one because you get attached to guys. You know, one um, guy. But, one guy who has come in is uh, Ross Callahan uh, from Hamilton, who I thought was really, really good for Ake's last season. What's he going to give to County? Do you think? Well, definitely um, a bit, a bit more dynamics in the middle of the park, you know. Um, and he's a goal threat as well. He, he's already scored in, in our in the one game we did play, <laughs> um, our preseason friendly with Elgin. Um, <clears throat> but he's um, he's a guy that I looked at at the tail end when we were in the battle. And I thought, I thought, wow, you know, I'd love, hope, I would love if we could capture that guy, you know, because he stands out for Hamilton, you know, uh, a real sort of like uh, goal threat and and somebody that's that that's really trying to push on all the time. And um, I feel that he'll be a big player for us this season. I really do. Yeah, Jordan White has also uh, been captured by Ross County. He scored a couple of goals in that friendly against Elgin City as well. How important is he going to be? Because Ross County struggled for goals at times last season. Definitely. And, you know, when you look at our front line now, Dominic Samuel, um, Ross, you know, Ross Callahan can add goals in there as well. But you've got Ollie Shaw and and Jordan. So, you know, we do have a good front line. It's just it's just that it's just getting that click, you know. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think maybe it's 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 the link between the middle of the park and the attack. You know, maybe maybe 
I felt sometimes last season we were m- m- moving the ball about, but we just weren't getting forward quick enough. Mm. So teams had enough time to get back and get grouped before we could actually cause them any problems. You know, I just felt sometimes you were saying, come on, get mm. forward, you know. <laughs> yeah. Route one, because <laughs> you've got a big guy like Jordan up there, you know, that can just knock it down to Ollie or whoever else he's playing with, you know. Mm. And he's yeah. a handful, you know. Mm. So I really hope some of these guys kick on this season, you know, and maybe a different blend of football under Mackay, the guys that he's taking in, I just hope that maybe something's going to click and, uh, you know, these guys will just start banging the goals and that way I'd love to see that, you know. One thing that Malky Mackay will be wanting to sort out as well is uh, Ross County defensively. I mean, only Hamilton conceded more goals than them last season, conceded 66 goals in the 38 league matches played. That's someone I'm sure you'll be wanting to see as well. Absolutely. Um, horrendous record last season for, for, for goals going in, you know, and, uh, you know, if it hadn't been for Ross Laidlaw, who pulled off some cracking saves and, and kept us in a lot of games, you know, um, you know, the guys, the guys at the back, you know, they were, they were getting a bit of a torrid time. And I just wonder sometimes, though, when you're in that bottom of the league and you're under pressure, you're, you're going into games knowing that maybe the previous game didn't go well defensively, it wasn't great you kind of got that on you. You get, you get into that kind of groove where you're, it's hard to get out of, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we changes here and there this season and hopefully, you never know, they might just get the right mix and also having somebody like Malky in, you know, that might be the thing. He may well be just like the, 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 the secret recipe that's been missing, I don't know. Yeah, you mentioned Ross Laidlaw. I thought he was very good for Ross County last season, made a string of excellent saves. One guy I'm really excited to see a bit more of this season as well, uh, Kenny, is uh, Blair Spittle. Do you think he'll have a bit more of an impact this year? Absolutely. And I'm absolutely delighted that we've managed to hold on to him. You know, I was really concerned that, um, you know, with him being out of contract and stuff like that, that he would he would be one that would head away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but securing him, I was just like, well, I'm just so chuffed at that because he's such a gifted player. Yes, you know, so, you know, yeah, and <clears throat> some of the movement and stuff, and some of the balls into the box that the guy puts in as well. And he's he's just an athlete, and he does things. You know, that quite a lot of the other guys will say that you know Spitz does things in training that others can't do. You know, so he, he's a he's a gifted footballer. You know, and, and hopefully we'll we'll see the best of him linking up with like Sahari Payton and Callahan and people like that. You know, I think I think we're building a decent side. Yeah, as uh, Kenny mentioned to you there, uh, Ross County are away to Brewer Rangers this evening, the 21st of July, as we're recording this. And then they have Montrose at home in their remaining two Premier Sports Cup matches. I take it because, of course, you're already out of the competition, Kenny. It's just all about getting fitness and maybe getting a few relationships sorted on the pitch heading into the league fixtures. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, I'll be quite excited to get along to these games because I think we might see a lot of the younger guys getting a shot. Um, we might see a few things getting trialed, <clears throat> so it'd be you know it'd be exciting matches for the supporters because obviously they're all desperate to see, you know who's who's going to be in the team and who's playing where and um, what formations, you know all the all the usual stuff, you know. So mm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Ross County kick off their season on the thirty first of July at home to St Johnston, the League Cup and Scottish Cup winners. Difficult start for for County. Absolutely. They've always been a difficult side for us, you know. Um, again, that's probably one of the teams you look at them and you look at Livy. That, that's kind of where we want to be, you know. We want to be the, the team. That, I don't know how they manage to do it, like, but every season they're managing to sort of sneak into the top six. And what a fantastic season they had with the two cups. 
mm-hmm. you know you can't you can't knock them for that and that that's something I think that's probably been a benchmark for Ross County for the last few seasons is you know looking at the likes of Tommy and what he did with them and getting them into the top six all the time and just seem to just do it you know and I wouldn't say there's like massive massive amount of money being thrown there but they you know they don't have a huge support so it must be it's obviously maybe rich farmers <laughs> or something but uh, there's somebody um, doing something right anyway with regards to the recruitment I think quite honestly looking back over the years they've maybe maybe They've always gone for guys that are experienced, so they've always had like a, a really solid, experienced defence and, yeah. and a really experienced midfield. And they're very difficult, you know, to play against. They're very difficult to break down. But um, I'm hoping that that's the sort of thing that we'll be looking at. You know, I mean, that's that's the thing the chairman wants us to be, you know, not scrabbling about at the bottom. So fingers crossed, he gets it right this season. You know. Well, Ross County, as I mentioned, have a tough start, but it doesn't get any tougher than this. I mean, St Johnston at home. Hibs away Easter Road on the 7th of August and then a break before Rangers and Dingwall and then two away trips to the Granite City against Aberdeen and of course down to Celtic Park to take on Poster Choglu Celtic. I mean, that is what you call a brutal start, isn't it, Kenny? We'll start back. We'll, we'll take it. We'll get into it. We'll get stuck into them. That's what I say. Just <laughs> don't give them any time on the ball. Don't let them play their football. Is it in some ways a free hit for Malky Mackay because nothing really is expected of him and his side in the first five games? Well, I suppose you could look at that, but but you know, I think I think with the guys that he's taking in and um you know the shape that he plays and stuff like that, we, we might get a few surprises. Um I'm really hopeful anyway. I watched the Celtic game last night um and <clears throat> certainly didn't expect um the Danish team to to get a draw from that game, you know. But there you go, you know. Uh, there's a, a smaller team from Denmark that uh, uh, have come in and actually upset the, the apple cart. So that's why I want to see us do. I want to see us go in there. and I want to see us battle more because I feel that we always tend to sort of struggle against the teams at the lower end of the table mm-hmm. because we're, 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 we're sometimes we're not cute enough off the ball. We're not, you know, we're not streetwise enough. And that's something I think needs to be needs to be looked at. Yeah, I mean, Ross County had some very good performances last season. I mean, they won at Easter Road. They won against Aberdeen, albeit in Dingwall. And, and of course, they, as I mentioned earlier on, they beat Celtic not just in the, the, the League Cup, but or the Scottish Cup, I should say, but uh, but also in the league as well, up in Dingwall 1-0. And that was, uh, that was very important. So it just shows that on their day, Ross County can give any team a game in the league. Well, absolutely. And I, and I think if, if, if any team sort of comes up thinking, oh, well, you know, it's just Ross County, well, I think they're going to get a bit of a shock, you know, because that, that works in our favour, I think, if, if we get that. And um, certainly, you know, we've gone into games not expected to win and, and come out with the points. and That's that's what we need to be doing on a more regular basis, you know. Um, I, I, I don't see why not, you know, if you look at the quality that they're taking in and some of the, the, the guys that we've managed to hold on to, like Spittle, then mm-hmm. let, let's do it. Let's get out there and do it, you know. Who are the sides that Ross County, in your own mind, are battling this season in the league? Because, you know, Dundee have come up, Hearts have come up, Dundee United are going through a bit of a transition, Livingston struggled towards the end of last season, Sabin have lost a few players. It's going to be an interesting dynamic at the bottom of the table or in that mid-pack. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm always an advocate for thinking the league could be bigger. It could be, it could be 14 teams, 16 teams. And I think you would get decent quality out of that because obviously the old firm wouldn't be able to accumulate the, 
the number of points by thrashing everybody four times, you know. <laughs> so the way I see it is that I, I think that league could easily be bigger, but obviously you need the big two to vote for that. But um, I, I, I think that, yeah, we'll be in a, we'll be in a mix of a, a battle with St Mirren, Levy, St Johnston, you know, Dundee. Uh, it just depends on how... The thing is, these teams coming up, it can sometimes work, sometimes it doesn't work. So you can never know how a season's going to go. It could be that Motherwell will have a poor season. It could be that Hibs or Hearts will have a poor season. You just never know. But uh, um, we'll. I'm, I'll, all I'm concerned about is, is getting us up to seventh, sort of around that sort of six. Getting to the top six would be great. But if we can, if we can consolidate a place so we're not doing that same battle, then that's progress. You know. I guess one thing that will also be progress for you, Kenny, is the fact that fans are being allowed back into Stadia across Scotland. How buzzing will you be to see uh, the Dingwall, uh, Victoria Park, whatever you want to call it, filled with fans again? Oh, definitely. It's been horrendous this last year. Every 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 club has suffered with it. You know, I've spoken to some of the players and they're just saying that they hate it. They hate playing in empty stadiums and stuff. You know, there's just nothing coming from the stands at all and um, you know, it's it's something that we bought. We, we, everybody wants to see the stadium full again. You know, whether it's Rangers, or Celtic, or Aberdeen, or Hearts, or whoever visiting, we want to see that back so they got that buzz because that just makes the day such a such a special atmosphere. You know, all the supporters bouncing off each other and just like creating a bit of a noise. You know, it's 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 great. You know, and just adds to the whole match day experience. I've been up to Dingwall a couple of times and I've really enjoyed my uh, visits to Ross County and I really hope they get some good support this season because I think they might need it because, you know, they're always in a, a scrap near the foot of the table. And I'm sure yeah. County will be a, a very tough, um, you know, battle for, for any side home or away this season. Well, I, I really hope so. You know, I really do hope so because uh, that, that's something that, you know, obviously the chairman's invested a lot in this. He's, he's, he's thrown his, his dice and he's said, that's it, this is it, this is what I want to do. Um, I really hope it works out. I really hope this is the, the turning point for us. You know, we've been nine seasons out of ten in the top tier and uh, bounced back when we did go down, bounced back up at the first point of calling. So, um, you know, yeah. I don't think we've done that over the years. It's just uh, we just need to try and get to that point where we're like St. Johnson or or Livy, and we managed to get into that top six and, and, and try and, or at least consolidate our position in that league and be a proper a proper uh, team to fight with all these other teams, you know? It's a very yeah. difficult league with in Hearts yeah. coming back up. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I mean, what would be a, a good season for Ross County? What would you say would be a, a very accomplished season for, for Malky Mackay? Would it be more than just survival or would survival be the be-all and end-all? Well, obviously, league league survival is, is job number one, I suppose. But I mean, I would want I would want to I'd want to say, look, you know, there's nothing to say that we can't be seventh. You know, there's nothing to say that we can't get into the top six if we get get these players all gelled and you know the team works under Malky. You just never know what's gonna what's gonna come out of that. An ice cup run would be good as well. Um, that that would be great. But I would say that um, you know, raising our position in the league and Okay, league survival early on, I would say that that's that, that's that's a successful season for us, really. You, of course, are the supporter liaison officer for Ross County FC, Kenny. I mean, you must be pretty busy right now and rushed off your feet because of all the activities going on for the start of the new season. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's been uh, lots and lots of stuff going on, um, various different things, um, meeting with different supporters and um, supporter groups and stuff. Um, I obviously meet with the, the, the CEO, Stephen Ferguson, on a regular basis, and we, we just chat things out and uh, see where we can be going with different things. And all the communication that comes into me, we just go through it all and um, sort of go back to people. Sometimes Stephen goes direct to people or we meet, we meet people face to face. So yeah, it's been busy. Um, it's all good. New strips, um, new leisure wear with Joma. So there's a lot, a lot to be positive about this season. I just want to see everybody back in the stadium, if I'm honest. Just want yeah. to see all the smiling faces. <laughs> and hopefully, and hopefully yeah. a few home wins as well would certainly help, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, as I said, Kenny McLennan, Ross County SC supporter, leaders and officer. You can find uh, Kenny on Twitter at RCFC underscore SLO on Twitter. And you can uh, get in touch with Kenny if you have anything that you want to know a little bit more about Ross County and also any other affairs within the club as well. I want to wish County all the best for the season, Kenny. Thanks very much for coming on Campbell's Fools to give us a bit of a preview into Ross County's hopes for the season. Cheers. Thanks very much, mate. Really appreciate it. All the best. Well, listener, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Campbell's Footballs. I hope this podcast was just what the doctor ordered. If you want to listen to previous shows or look out for future shows, follow Campbell's Footballs on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to other podcasts. You can also follow the show on Facebook at Campbell's Footballs. Search for me, StatoG91 or Instagram or other social media channels. But until then, until next time... I hope you enjoyed the crack and enjoy Campbell's footballs. What a dangerous night!